0: Welcome to River City 360 Views and News from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host Robert Zirk.
1: On today's show, the Manitoba Museum announces a one million dollar commitment to the Bringing Our Stories Forward Capital Renewal Project. We'll learn about their brand new Winnipeg Gallery from Executive Director and CEO of the Manitoba Museum, Claudette Leclerc.
0: Then we'll learn about a new collaboration between local makers and charitable organizations. That's all about shopping local and supporting local businesses. We'll learn all about the Made Here For You collaboration, as well as the shop that's opening up today.
1: We'll also speak with Chris Cole, director of Send and Receive. The Audio Art Festival is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, and we'll learn all about what's in store for the festival tonight through Sunday.
0: And finally, have you ever been to the Transcona Museum? We're going to speak with Transcona Museum curator Alana Horeda about Small Talk Tuesdays, as well as other events happening at the museum to experience soon.
1: Mm. We've got all this some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360.
0: Hello and welcome to RC360. Nolan and Robert here with you as we always are every Thursday at noon right here on 93.7 CGNU. Robert, how are you doing today, my fine friend? Doing not too badly, Nolan. How are you doing today? Cold. Yeah. Angry. (laughs)
1: why angry because
0: october is not winter yet in my mind
1: you know, you know af- I used to remember growing up that it, the first snowfall usually was around Halloween, Halloween or after even, Halloween. Well, sometimes before yeah, or re- on Halloween. I guess I
0: remember trick and treating, trick or treating, sometimes with snow on the ground already. But nobody
1: likes to put their winter this
0: early. Nobody likes to put their winter jacket on over top of their Superman
1: costume. You know? Yeah, I it's I not, can't remember the last time we had a good. snowfall happen in September. Yeah, because I wasn't even here for that. I went it's on gross. a little trip and not a fan. But yeah. Uh, It's way too early. Let's warm people up with some nice hot
0: bowl of River City 360. We've got a lot of really interesting uh, conversations and some really cool stories that we're going to learn about today. Manitoba Museum, a really cool idea called Made Here For You. The Made Here store is opening up today, actually. Uh, We're going to learn about Send and Receive Festival as well as the Transcona Museum. But we always kick the show off with some music. Today's no different. So uh, what have you got for us today, Robert?
1: We're going to start things off with Rob McConnell and the Boss Brass with Send a Little Love My Way right here on River City 360.
0: was Rob McConnell and the Boss Brass with Send a Little Love My Way. Thank you for listening to River City 360 Nolan and Robert here with you today. As well, today the Manitoba Museum announced a $1 million commitment to its new capital campaign. The Bringing Our Stories Forward Capital Renewal Project is going to see a 42% of the museum's galleries get a facelift. So, forty-two percent of the galleries are going to uh, look a lot nicer in the coming uh, in the coming days. Um, the million-dollar grant came from the Winnipeg Foundation and will support the creation of a brand new Winnipeg gallery. Our producer Stacy Cardigan-Smith met with museum executive director and CEO Claudette Leclerc. She's a friend of the show, been on a couple times before, and they're going to tell us all about the project. Stacy,
2: Claudette, tell me what we're looking at here today.
3: Well, the Manitoba Museum is undergoing major renewal in our museum galleries. We're undertaking a $17.5 million gallery renewal project that will see 42% of the museum galleries where we tell the story of Manitoba renewed. That will include the renewal of four of our nine existing galleries and the introduction of a new Winnipeg gallery. The Winnipeg Gallery, very exciting. So
2: I know today the Winnipeg Foundation announced a million-dollar grant in support of this Winnipeg Gallery.
3: Can you tell me a little bit about it? Well, the Winnipeg Gallery is um, is going to be a great new extension to we have right now the Urban Gallery, which is Winnipeg in 1920. And now there's going to be a new space prior to going into the existing Urban Gallery, which will be undergoing renewal. Um, there's going to be a brand new space carved out to talk about the whole history of Winnipeg. It's going to be the only place you can come to learn about the whole history of Winnipeg from ancient to absolute contemporary times right up to today.
2: Wow. So um, like, tell me about... Since some of these original galleries were put in, how have understandings changed? I mean, I'm, I'm referring to things like reconciliation and, and other um, kind of like shifts in perspectives. And how is that going to in- impact what we see in these galleries?
3: Well, it's a really good question, and it speaks very directly to the project and, and our goals of this project. Um, major um, uh, f- emphasis for the renewal is to ensure that we're updating the Manitoba story with specific emphasis on uh, Indigenous peoples and bringing that story up to date, um, as well as um, uh, immigration to Manitoba and, you know, the waves of immigration post-World War II that are largely the ones reflected in our museum galleries now, don't reflect the immigration um, that we have to our communities today. And We want to ensure that when all Manitobans come in, be it First Nations, uh, Inuit, uh, Métis, um, and New Canadians, that they all see their stories reflected here at the Manitoba Museum.
2: That's that's wonderful. Just just so great and so lovely that it'll be here at the Manitoba Museum where we can see that. Tell me, um, so you said 42 percent of the galleries and I know the non such, for example, it recently underwent a little bit of a facelift. Um, But for some of these other galleries, when's the last time some of them would have, you know, had a little bit of a refresh?
3: Well, some of the galleries are original to 1970. You know, that said, um, you know, the museum has been opening um, in stages. You know, we, you know, I think of it as a book and we've been writing chapters over the last 48 years. You know, the last major gallery opening was our Parklands Gallery, it was just in 2003. Um, our Hudson's Bay Company Gallery was 2001, so not all the galleries are old and needing updating. But yes, some of them do date back to 1970 and, and we have done our best to try try to update you know exhibits um, you know as you know each year but the reality is we have 56,000 square feet and to renew a museum exhibit to do all the research development community consultation and the development of exhibitry costs about eight to nine hundred dollars a square foot so do the math 56,000 square feet $800 $800 a square foot. We're a nonprofit charity. Uh, we do the best we can to fundraise and we have great support from the community and the three levels of government. But the reality is, is that to keep it up, um, you know, and to keep all that story fresh, you really do need um, a capital renewal. And this is, this is the Manitoba Museum's second capital renewal project. Um, the last one concluded the la- uh, with the opening of the Parklands Gallery, and that's what helped to pay for the development of the Parklands Gallery in 2003. So this is our second capital renewal project, and um, and what we also decided is that because we're renewing 42 percent of the museum galleries, we felt really committed that the the facility needed to stay open to the public. Um, you know, it's going to we're undergoing about three years. Um, like the renewal will take over three years, but what we're doing is we're closing one gallery, renewing it, and then reopening it. So that's the non-such gallery was closed uh, for the better part of a year it reopened in June and it's really worth coming down to check out because we've churned the story around not to be confused with churning the boat around the boat's still in the same direction <laughs> <laughs> but um, the ship itself in the past was uh, leaving Deptford England to discover new trade routes into North America and we've turned the story around whereby the ship has returned from having traded with Indigenous peoples and so we're able to really enrich the non-such and HBC story because now we can talk about European contact with Indigenous peoples and and early trade. So that's great. So that's open. The next gallery that's going to be gallery area that's going to be uh, under renewal is the Winnipeg Gallery. So we're very, very excited that that gallery uh, was going to open in fall 2019 and then our grasslands and orientation galleries uh, will be opening in the fall of 2020. So we've got a lot of work ahead of us but we're, we're off to a really great start and the public response to the non-such gallery renewal has just been phenomenal and the public response um, to our capital campaign has also been really tremendous and we, we appreciate it greatly.
2: That's so exciting. I, can, I am so envious of um, everybody who gets to think of those stories and like ensure that they're they're told well and effectively, but just that creativity that's mm-hmm. a, that's allowed to flourish.
3: Well, we are incredibly fortunate. We have uh, seven curators um, covering off, um, and, you know, a multitude of areas of both human and natural history for the province of Manitoba, but they are also each very committed um, to working with community and doing a lot of community consultation. Um, and there's been a lot of uh, you know uh, you know research and development going into each of these stories so um, you know I, I know that the the community is going to see their stories reflected back I wish we had even more square footage because of course we can't tell all the stories at the end of the day choices need to be made um, but uh, it's it's very exciting It's a it's it's, uh, it's exciting place to be when you're telling the story of Manitoba or in the case of the next gallery the Winnipeg gallery and you're saying oh my goodness I've got thousands of stories to pick one which ones am I going to pick which ones are gonna rise to the top what a great um, you know Know, opportunity to have here as uh, interpreters of, of Manitoba history.
2: And I love that the Winnipeg Foundation, which is really built by community, is supporting the Winnipeg Gallery. Can you just comment really quickly about that that support from the Winnipeg Foundation and what it means?
3: We could not have done it without the support of the Winnipeg Foundation, um, and we're hoping that it's going to assist us in leveraging other gifts, Um, and immediately what it is going to do is allow us to leverage a half a million dollars from the province of Manitoba. Because the province of Manitoba has done a challenge grant whereby every dollar we raise in the private sector um, we uh, can receive a 50 cent match from the province of Manitoba up to a total of five million dollars so that million dollars is immediately 1.5 million and it'll grow I'm sure.
2: Fantastic. And selfishly, I have to ask, so will the theatre with the Charlie Chaplin movies, will that still stick around?
3: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But in the coming year, we're going to be adding um, some additional uh, movies on the Winnipeg General Strike because, of course, 1920 is a perfect setting for us to be talking about the 100th anniversary of the Winnipeg General Strike, which is, of course, 2019. So we'll be adding some, um, uh, some additional displays and interpretation in that gallery that's part of our renewal. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for your interest and for the support of the Winnipeg Foundation.
1: That was RC360 producer Stacey Cardigan-Smith in conversation with Claudette Leclerc, Executive Director and CEO of the Manitoba Museum. The museum announced that it is the recipient of a million-dollar grant from the Winnipeg Foundation in support of its new capital campaign, and specifically the forthcoming Winnipeg Gallery. To learn more about the Manitoba Museum's capital campaign, visit manitobamuseum.ca and click on Capital Campaign. Coming up next, a very cool collaboration that's combining local makers and charitable organizations. So if you want to shop local and support both local businesses and some great charities here in our city... We'll tell you all about Made Here For You after this next break. Before we get to that, though, here is Leaf Garrett with I Was Made For Dancing right here on River City 360.
0: Thank you for listening to River City 360. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined in studio by three very special guests. I've got Melissa Penner, who's the co-creative director for Made Here For You. We've got Donovan Robinson, co-founder of Vantage Studios, and Andrew Cussie, the development manager for The Dream Factory. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hello. So we're here to talk about Made Here which is uh, and Made Here For You. So um, maybe, Melissa, to kick things off, give us a breakdown of of what this collaboration means and and what it kind of uh, is all-encompassing.
4: So the collaboration between Vantage and Made Here For You and the Richardsons is, uh, Center is to bring makers together in a way that they can sell their product to a benefit of local children's charities. So we've chosen four charities, and we asked our makers, and our makers have supplied us with product, and they are eager to you know, sell their product to the benefit of these charities.
0: Very cool. So this is going to be opening up this Thursday, or I guess today... Um, Thursday, the October the 4th. Um, Donovan, just give me a, an idea about what, what people are going to see when they come down to the store at the Made Here store.
5: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's lots of, it's all local. Everything's local through, uh, sorry, everything's local through Manitoba. Um, local makers. Uh, and so the, that's where the, kind of the connection came with Made Here for You. Um, we pitched the idea to Bentol, which is the management company for the Richardson Center, and thought uh, we did this on a smaller scale in our print shop. Uh, we met with Andrew. That's actually how we met initially, and we we wanted to raise some money for the Dream Factory. So we actually reached out to a few, few of the makers, and they said yes, and let's do this on consignment. We raised I think four hundred dollars. wasn't a lot of money, but it gave us the idea sort of a proof of concept. Yeah, guess, yeah, so we thought maybe let's do this on a larger scale. Yeah, and there was a space uh, vacant for a few years across from us. And so I thought, well, let's just pitch it to bentel So Very I pitched cool. the idea. They loved it. They thought it was great. And now I had to actually do it. So
0: it's a collaboration between makers, between charities, philanthropists, kind of all over. The Dream Factory is one of the organizations that's being supported. What are the other organizations that are, that, uh, are going to be supported by this collaboration?
4: Uh, the other charities that we decided to focus on were um, Junior Achievement, and Snowflake Place, as well as Art City. Oh, cool.
0: So great organizations Mm -hmm. in the city doing some wonderful work. And what kinds of um, makers are participating in this? Like, what can people get from these shops?
4: We have a variety of products. We have everything from home decor to clothing to jewelry to... beauty products and
0: it's all made within what's it's, the what's the it has to be made within Winnipeg or Manitoba or where we
4: focus on Manitoba makers cool. so all these products are sort from makers that we've discovered from all around Manitoba
0: why is that important to shop local
4: uh, I believe it's important to shop local so that the money stays and goes back into our communities and our economy here mm-hmm.
0: absolutely Donovan you've been d- doing a lot of small businesses for years mm-hmm. what is it like sort of working within Winnipeg and, and being a, a young entrepreneur here in the city
5: yeah, I don't know if I'm that young anymore, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not from Winnipeg originally, and uh, when I moved here, the community, I'm from a small town, and so this is definitely a larger small town. For sure. And so that community has been great, and I, I don't think I would have thrived as much in a bigger city. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I was able to meet the right people and, you know, have these connections through whatever I've done. And even this collaboration has just shown me how close everything actually is.
0: Mm-hmm. This collaboration is a very cool idea, a very smart idea. Um, when you notice, do you think that maybe when you started doing business, were people less uh, apt to shopping local and it was more like big box stores and big chains and stuff, and now there's sort of a, more of a trend to focus on, buying local and eating local and all that? Yeah,
5: definitely. I mean, you know, everyone's just kind of getting kind of sick of the everyday store-bought big box stuff right Mm -hmm. they want something that's you know artisan they want something that's and local is 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 huge across the board across Canada it's not just local Manitoba you go to any other city and that's definitely a a big a big thing so what are the hopes
0: for made here for you and the collaboration in general what are you hoping this looks like in in one year five years ten years down the line
4: for the shop for me here, um, what are we hoping?
0: For? <laughs> <laughs> Growth, obviously, and people participating. But like,
5: do you, do you want to grow it to outside
0: Manitoba to make this
5: a national yeah. thing, or what's the? Yeah, I think uh, you know we have batted around the idea of, of doing this in other cities as well, and and giving back in those other cities. So um, children's charities are definitely our focus, and if we can do that across Canada, that'd be amazing, right? For sure. so, yeah.
0: Andrew, let's talk a little bit about the Dream Factory. It's one of the organizations that's being s- supported by this collaboration. Uh, maybe just uh, give me a quick breakdown about what the Dream Factory is and, and what, uh, what you guys
1: support. Yeah, so the Dream Factory is a Manitoba-based charity. We've been around since 1983, and we work with children who have life-threatening illnesses. We meet with these kids and their families. We find out what their biggest dream is, and then we do our part to raise money and work hard to try and make those dreams come
0: true. How many, yeah, how many dreams are we talking so since
1: we've opened uh, in 1983 we've done over 700 dreams this year we're on track to do about 36 which is going to be our biggest year ever so um having made here open and hope to raise a couple extra dollars it's going to help us bring a few more dreams to
0: life and that's what it's all about so when people come down to the store are they going to be able to learn about these organizations as well as well as as uh, sample some of the maker products
5: Yeah, that's definitely a huge focus. We actually have a whole section dedicated to the charities. Um, So there's banners that explain where your money's going. Uh, Also, there's little displays. So we actually have the Dream Factory display in there. Now it's the stuff that the children get. uh, It's a little bear and some towel, stuff like that. So yeah, so it's displays and stuff like that so people can read and learn about it. There's actually a part of the wall where it's kind of telling the story and what this is all about.
0: Nice, very good idea. So if people are interested in this and are fans of shopping local where can they find more information about the different makers that are involved and and just the made here storefront and made here for you in general
4: they can find information about the various makers that are involved from our website at www.madehereforyou.com, or they can check us out on our Instagram page at You.
0: Very cool. So madehereforyou.com for more information, or come on down One Lombard Place here in the Richardson Building. Uh, it's in the basement, or how do you describe that? The, <laughs> the lower confort, level. The lower yeah, level. Yeah. yeah,
5: that's a basement. Always sounds <laughs> like a little dingy, but it's not <laughs> for sure. The lo- it's well, it's yeah. beautiful down there. I actually know? had a reporter uh, call me today, and uh, he said, "Is this? Uh, is it sounds like it's at a dark." hall in the end of a dark hall i said no no it's actually we have our vantage studios office there in our print shop and a lot of people are familiar with the print shop so they'll be familiar with the space cool so
0: come on down to the lower level at the richardson building check out the made here storefront and support local and support some great causes for the made here for you collaboration and uh and the whole group here so thank you donovan andrew and melissa for talking to us today
1: thank Thank you you. thank you thanks nolan Coming up next, we'll learn about a very cool sound art festival that's happening this weekend. Tonight through Sunday is the Send and Receive Festival, and we'll tell you all about it after our next musical break. Here is Barbara Streisand with the sweetest sounds right here on River City 360.
6: I really hear what is in the ear of my mind, which sounds are true and clear, and which will never be.
1: Welcome back to river city 360 robert zirk here with you today and i'm now joined via telephone by chris cole the director of send and receive which is happening tonight through sunday chris thank you so much for joining me today
7: thank you so much for having me
1: so send and receive is a festival of sound and it's celebrating its 20th year this year congratulations on that tell us a little bit about the festival's history and how it got started
7: Send and Receive began in 1998 as a project by uh, an artist by the name of Steve Bates, who was working at Video Pool Media Arts Center at the time. And so it was born out of Video Pool as a project that could be focused on sound as the medium of interest. So. A lot of festivals happening for music, a lot of art festivals, film festivals, video, and he wanted to create a space where people who were working with sound as their medium, exploring experimental music, sound art, etc., could have a forum here in Winnipeg. And so that sort of was a labor of love of his, and after a few years it became its own entity, its own nonprofit arts organization, and we've been going strong since then.
1: So when you say experimental music or sound art, what exactly does that mean and what could people expect to hear if they come to a send-and-receive event?
7: I mean, it's always a sort of evolving concept, I guess you could say. People have been experimenting with sound for many years, uh, predominantly beginning in the uh, 20th century. But basically, it's it's people looking beyond the parameters of music, so outside of your typical constructs of melody and harmony and and rhythm and these sort of foundational elements of composition and pushing it into playing with the sound as a medium the way you would with sculpture or with uh, painting so looking at it more as what can this sound bring to you know evoke what can i do with this to make it into something different so it's often abstract but there there are artists that perform at the festival that do have more of a traditional musical background and are sort of taking that as a foundation and then bringing in experimental elements. So, say, a cellist who then is adding electronics to the way that they perform or playing the actual physical structure of the cello as opposed to the strings of the cello, you know, taking a different approach to the, the way you look at the instrument. And it's it's basically just about... Being exploratory, experimenting with these mediums—some familiar, some absolutely unfamiliar—created instruments, rocks, you know, things that we don't consider sources of uh, musical sound, and uh, generating really interesting sonic experiences
1: you've been the director of the festival for more than half of its existence at this point going on 11 years what do you find most rewarding about the festival or what are you most proud of accomplishing for the festival in that time
7: for me a big part of it is about bringing artists together essentially it's it's a combination of one having a forum where i can bring artists from around the world who i think are really unique really interesting and bring them to Winnipeg to offer the audience here a chance to see work and hear work that they would never have come across in a live setting, in like a a performance setting. That is one aspect that I find extremely rewarding. As a traveler and as an artist myself, I get a chance to see these people and meet interesting and exciting people all the time. And, And so I know that that's a rare opportunity for a lot of people here in central Canada. So that's a big motivation. Another facet is actually just creating a really nurturing forum for artists who are working in these realms because although it is a long-standing field of exploration in the arts, it's a small community, but it's a large global community. So artists who are working in this field are always looking for an avenue where they can present their work, where they can connect with other artists and peers working in the field, make, make strong new networks, build, com- build community find opportunities to work together and these kinds of things. And I feel like and Receive has really facilitated that for artists all over the world. And that's something that I'm really proud of.
1: There are a few exhibitions that actually chronicle the festival's history and sort of the history of experimental music and sound art. Tell us about those exhibitions and the topics that they cover.
7: So one that is to me a really important and exciting one is an exhibition that's called an alternate history of Canadian electronic music. Keith Fullerton Whitman, who's an American musician, electronic musician. He's a massive uh, archivist of electronic music and experimental music. And so I invited him to create a playlist of all of of sort of a selection of pieces from Canadian composers and artists who were working in these fields beginning 1958 up until 1981. And that's going to be presented at Poolside Gallery, which is a part of Video Pool. At Force, uh, Force Projects on McDermott Avenue, we have uh, collaborated to present an exhibition of work by Robert Zolnicki, who is a local photographer who basically started photographing Send and Receive in 2007 just as a pet project. And over the years, he would be at every event without fail with multiple cameras shooting the event. For this year, I invited him to take a selection of of photos that he's taken over the past many years and feature them in this retrospective at at Forth. And the uh, final exhibition is unique to us in that it's exclusively visual. And this is uh, the work of Dee Barzi, who's a local painter here in Winnipeg, who uh, has, is presenting three pieces of work at Parlor Coffee on Main Street. Dee Barzi was invited by me to create the artwork for this year's design concept for the festival. And she created this spectacular, very vibrant, celebratory. A painting that we've used for all of our posters and programs and all of the all of the paraphernalia around the festival and I invited her to show the work, the painting that she created for Send and Receive, as well as two other paintings that she gave to us to use for other elements, for other facets of our design.
1: Another element of the 20-year celebrations has been the film series that's been screening throughout the month of September in partnership with Cinematech. Tell us a little bit about the series and, uh, and about the film screening that's happening this Saturday, Contralto.
7: This is the first year that we've We've done an ongoing series uh, leading up to the festival, and each film was selected because they were films that I found sort of to be very, very unique documentaries on individual artists, working in very, very different approaches to sound. And the piece that we're showing on Saturday, um, that's 2 o'clock at the Cinematheque, is a really, really unique and special film by an American composer, percussionist by the name of Sarah Hennies. The piece is called Contralto, and Sarah will be here in Winnipeg for the festival. She'll be at the screening event and also will be performing on the Sunday night of the festival. And Contralto is essentially a composition as film. Some say it's sort of like an experimental documentary, but it's really far from a documentary. It's really, the way I perceive it, it, it's a composition. It's a piece of music that happens to also have this much deeper roots in documentary, personal experience, politics, all of these things are sort of integrated into it. And the main core of the piece is an exploration of voice from the perspective of trans women's experience. And it's basically a cast of trans women who are doing all the vocals, through either telling personal stories which you get snippets of as part of the composition or doing vocal exercises that are taught to them in order to train your voice to become higher or to become softer these kinds of techniques and sarah's just done a brilliant job of using these this footage and these beautiful segments of of vocalizations and she's taken that and created this entire composition with a string ensemble, with percussion, with live electronics, all of these things basically built around the voice.
1: The festival has four days full of performances that span a wide range of experimental music and sound art. Tell us about a few of the performances and the uh, the artists who will be performing their works.
7: For this year, we do have a guest of honor, KG Haino. Who is a Japanese performer who has been working in music since the late 60s? And he is really spectacular, unusual, totally eccentric, and (laughs) very, very. Unique.
1: I was trying to get a sense, just reading the description online, I was trying to get a sense, and you, you almost can't classify what he's going to be doing, so that should make for a pretty exciting performance.
7: Exactly. It's one of the things that I, I admire about him so much is that even though there are certain things that are very standard, I know, things that you know as to, to be his sound or you know to be his palate, but he, every time you see him perform, and I've had the pleasure to see him perform probably a dozen times over the years now, um, is that he's always pushing himself to do to do something different. He hates to repeat himself. He hates to do something that is expected. And so there's always a guarantee he's something unusual is going to happen. He'll be opening the festival at the Winnipeg Art Gallery this Thursday night, and he'll be doing one of his very rare acoustic performances for percussion. This is something that he does not do very often. It's a very physical performance, and he uses only acoustic percussion instruments. He's bringing a, this very unique instrument that he's had made for him that um, is, is just a sight to behold. And basically, it, it's almost like watching a theater or a dance performance, but with sound as the primary focus driving force. And then he'll do another electronic performance on the Saturday night, which will f- harken back to his roots, which is more guitar, voice and, uh, and electronics. And that will be very loud, <laughs> and very psychedelic and, and strange and uh, beautiful as well.
1: There are a lot of performances that are taking place over the weekend where of course sound is the main focus but there is sort of also a visual component as
7: well. There are a few performances this year where the video is integrated into the performance in a way that I feel is, is really important. So for example a local artist Brett Parento is going to be presenting a piece where he has collected all of the sound sources for his performance from all of the skywalks and underground passageways in the downtown Winnipeg. And he's also, while doing that, taken video snippets and photographs from these areas as well. So while he's performing a reworking of these sound sources, you'll also see visuals that reflect his perspective of those spaces visually. So to me, that's that's a very nice marriage between the two elements. And then in the case of one of our performers on Sunday night, Manuel Lima, who is actually our first ever Brazilian artist at the festival, so I'm very excited about that, and his first time performing in Canada. It's not a performance art piece, but there's a bit of performance, a bit more of theatre, a bit more of almost like a lecture, an experimental lecture, while he's also performing music, and it's really clever and witty and, and very, very personal and raw, and he uses light and some video projections integrated into the performance in a way that's really unusual and really interesting. So as you're listening to the composition, the changing of lights, something that may appear on screen, becomes very much a part of the piece. And we also have a special project this year on the Saturday Night Program where I commissioned four artists, local artists to work together to create an audiovisual work. So in this case, I actually, when thinking of it, I wanted to select emerging artists in Winnipeg who had experience both in sound and in visual art. So we'll have two short pieces, uh, one created by Pat Klassen and Alyssa Bourne, and the other one is by Mary-France Hollier and Christiane Church.
1: If any of our listeners would like to check out the events for this year's Send and Receive, how can they go get more information about the lineup or where can they go to get tickets to uh, to attend the events?
7: So all of the information for this year's program is on our website, which is just www.sendandreceive.org. And uh, we also are on all of the social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And all of our events are listed on Facebook. So you can follow the individual events that you're interested in as well. Um, and as is typical for the festival, each event is accessible at the door. So we don't sell individual tickets in advance. You just show up at the door on the nights, half an hour before concert time, and you can get in individually for each event that way. Or you can buy a festival pass, which is Actually a tremendous deal. It's forty five dollars and it gets you into every single event of the festival. And those are available at Into the Music, both locations, Osborne Village and the Exchange District, and also will be available at the door of the festival.
1: Chris Cole is the director of Send and Receive, a festival of sound, which is happening today, October fourth through Sunday, October seventh. And as she mentioned, all the information about the festival is online at sendandreceive.org. Chris, thank you so much again for taking the time to speak with me today about Send and Receive.
7: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks, Robert. Can't wait to check out the,
0: uh, the Send and Receive Festival this weekend. Up next, uh, our C360 producer, Sunny Promolo brings us his conversation with Alana Hereda. She is from the Transcona Museum. They've got a few, a few new cool events that are coming up, including their Small Talk Tuesdays, and we're going to learn all about that after our next musical break. So here is a little Harry Nelson with Everybody's Talking right here on RC360
6: Everybody is talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind People stop and stare I can't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going where the sun keeps shining Through the pouring rain Going where the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the northeast wind Sailing on summer breeze and skipping over the ocean like a stone. Going where the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the northeast winds Sailing on summer breeze And skipping over the ocean like a stone Everybody's talking at me can't hear a word they're saying, only the echoes of my mind, I won't let you leave my love behind, no, I won't let you leave.
8: City 360. I'm Sonny Promolo, and with me today is Alana Horeda, museum curator from Transcona Museum. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about Transcona Museum?
9: Transcona Museum was founded as a centennial project in 1967 by the city of Transcona. So, actually, this October the 16th is actually the 50th anniversary of the doors opening at the museum. Yeah. Um, so, we Tell the story of the community of Transcona from its railway beginnings to today.
8: A little bit about the Small Talk Tuesdays. This isn't your first go around, but uh, you're definitely starting up starting next week, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about those.
9: Uh, It's a a new program that we've developed at the museum. We did our first run back in the summertime, and they are small, casual talks um, from the museum curators that take place in the galleries that are themed on different topics every week. So um, with this next set of um, eight talks that we're doing, we're talking about the Dougal train disaster, the 50th anniversary of the opening of the museum, early schools in Transcona, communities that times forgot. So every week has a different story that we're telling, but it is a very casual discussion with the visitor and we also invite discussion during the talks.
8: Very cool. So... How does that work then? I know uh, it runs from 10 to 12. Mm -hmm. It says here on the website that you can bring in your knitting, crocheting, crafting project. It's pretty casual, I'm assuming?
9: Yeah, we have some tables set up in our back gallery. We do a visual slideshow presentation for most of the small talks that we do. And we just want people to have a place to come in and be a part of the community, uh, meet new individuals and learn about the history of the community as well. Um, So... If they want to bring in some knitting or some small handicrafting items, we're, that's that's wonderful if they would do that as well.
8: So again, the first one next Tuesday will be uh, speaking about the Dugald train disaster, so make sure you definitely check that out. How can people be involved in this?
9: They can RSVP on our website if they wanted to do that ahead of time. They're more than welcome to just show up the day of. We also invite... Uh, At the end of all our talks, if someone has a talk that they would like to hear about a specific topic or something like that, and then we can develop talks on that as well. But definitely they can show up, they could call ahead, they could email, they can RSVP. Uh, We welcome everyone.
8: Awesome. And it says here it's admission by donation?
9: Yes, it is. Excellent.
8: Tell me about the different exhibits at the museum. What uh, can people expect when visiting the museum?
9: Well, we change our exhibit every year. So currently right now, our main exhibit is called The Fabric of the Community, and it's looking at the growth and development of Transcona through our textile collection we have at the museum. Mm. So that's our main exhibit. We have another small exhibit celebrating the 50th anniversary of the opening of the museum. Uh, We have another exhibit that we change every couple of months. So currently, right now, it's celebrating the Royal Wedding that took place back in May. But we're actually going to be switching it up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Right now, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the museum opening, we've been doing a uh, series on our blog, 50 and 50, Mm -hmm. where we're highlighting 50 artifacts from the collection to celebrate our fifty our fifty years, so we're going to be putting as many of those fifty items on display as well in that um, exhibit case that changes up every couple of weeks or a couple of months, and then we have um, archaeological. Uh, exhibits as well, remembrance exhibits. We have an exhibit about the CN2747, which was the first steam locomotive built in Western Canada. Mm. It was built at the Transcona shops and is now part of the Transcona Museum's collection. So, we're actually fundraising to restore and preserve the engine. So, we have an exhibit about that and our call for volunteers and our call for fundraising donations and support in that way. And then we also have a kids area at the museum where there's hands-on things Uh, books and games and toys that they can play with, but also a a small children's exhibit you know, some children's textile clothing and and things like that as well.
8: Yeah, speaking of children, you will have uh, some Halloween events going on on the 31st for the children.
9: Yeah, it'll be running from uh, 1 to 4. We'll have trick-or-treating at the museum and different games and activities. So it'll be a whole afternoon of of fun activities for children.
8: Very cool. But before that, you also have a weaving workshop with Black Thistle Creative on the 12th. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes,
9: this is actually our third weaving workshop uh, that we're doing at the Museum with Black Thistle Creative so participants will be able to create their own woven wall hanging learning the different uh different weaving techniques and they'll be so they'll be walking away with their own uh, wall hanging they also get their very own take-home wooden loom so they can do some more weaving when they get home and the uh, ticket price also includes a complimentary glass of wine so it is an 18 plus um adults workshop uh Younger people are welcome. They would just need to be with an older adult to come with them. And uh, people can register for that on our website by coming into the museum or um, by giving us a call. The cost is $55, but you do get all those items. And it runs on October 12th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m.
8: Excellent. So, uh, before you go today, can you tell us how can people learn more about Transcona Museum?
9: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Our website is www.transcona.museum.mb.ca. We also have a Facebook page, Transcona Museum. We're on Twitter at Transcona Museum, and we're on Instagram, Transcona Museum. Our email is info at transcona.museum.mb.ca. You can find us at 141 Regent Avenue West. We're right on the corner of Regent and Bond Street, and Transcona, and our phone number is two zero four triple two zero four two three. Awesome,
8: thank you very much.
9: Thank you.
1: Thanks, Sunny. And if you've been listening to River City three hundred and sixty for a couple of years now, you'll probably remember our coverage of Fast Pitch. Fast Pitch is a very cool event. That's in a nutshell. It's kind of like Dragon's Den for the charitable sector here in our city, where fifteen charitable organizations are taking part in a friendly competition to do three-minute pitches about who they are and why they do what they do.
0: The Winnipeg Foundation just announced that the fourth annual Fast Pitch is going to be taking, a place, taking place again this year. So if you know someone or you yourself is part of the charitable uh, philanthropic sector here in the city, uh, you can sign up. We need people. So uh, visit fastpitchwinnipeg.org for all sorts of information and to sign up and you can find out everything you need to know about this year's fourth annual fan fast pitch competition. And if you you or someone you know is also part of the professional sector here in Winnipeg, Fast Pitch is also looking for 30 coaches to help out with the fast pitchers themselves. So if you're in the business uh, community here and you think that you could give uh, some help to anyone in the charitable sector... Go to fastpitchwinnipeg.org. Again, that's fastpitchwinnipeg, all one word, .org. Next week on the show, we're going to hear from Jennifer Partridge of the Winnipeg Foundation, so we'll get a little bit more details about Fast Pitch and the fourth iteration of the event this year. But uh, for now, we've got time for one last song. So here's Guy Lombardo with Everywhere You Go, right here on RC360. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in today and a huge thank you to all of our guests for talking to us as well.
1: If you'd like to hear more River City 360, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, you can do that on our website at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org.
0: River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM.
1: And we love to hear your feedback about the show. If you'd like to... Request a song to hear, suggest a topic for a future show, or just let us know how we're doing. Give us a call at 204-944-9474, extension 360. That's our listener line, and it's open 24-7. So just give us a call and leave us a message. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360.
0: You can also leave us a message on Twitter or Facebook by searching at River City 360 on Twitter and searching River City 360 on Facebook book as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for RC360.
1: And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend.